morning, everybody. Welcome to Coffee with Casey. It's been an interesting week. It's going to get a little more interesting. So stick around. Every Thursday at 11, we talk about um, the market and pricing strategies and, you know, strategies that, that you want to use in, in today's market. And the reason we're here is to make sure we really know where we're at, where the buyers and sellers are. Um, and, um, but unfortunately, the Thursday at 11 is going to have to switch. I'm taking some masterminds and everybody gets together on Thursdays at 11 o'clock. So, so that time frame is, is, I'm not going to be able to make it. So we'll work something out. Maybe, uh, you know, 12 o'clock or switch days or something like that. But we'll figure something out. Let's get around to what's going on today. Okay, we do have interest rates have gone up. Um, and, you know, people are panicking a little bit. And, uh, you know, we've been here the whole time because we're prepared for the market shifting and it is certainly shifting. So let's go to uh, look at, at some numbers. I'm gonna talk a few stories about what happened this weekend, kind of bring everybody up to date, but the number one word, two words, don't panic. Realtors, buyers, sellers, do not panic, okay? You need to readjust expectations we need to be smarter about what we're doing. We need to prepare a little bit better, price a little bit better, do predictive analysis a little bit better. But you know, I'll be honest with you, I'm gonna show you um, why that first 10 days is important, how the market is reacting to that first 10 days. So first of all, let's just head on over to, uh, let's head on over to today's um, PowerPoint. And I wanna go over something because I just got out of a settlement and you know, I'm really, really peeved about this. But so let me explain that settlements now, normally a buyer could go to one settlement company and a seller could go to another settlement company. In the ultimate wisdom of the state of Virginia, they've decided that everybody's got to go to the, to the uh, buyer's settlement company unless they choose to go to, um, you know, whoever the seller wants. But they can only go to one, right? So, so what does that do? Does that save the customer's money? Does it, um, is this good for consumers like it's supposed to be? Well, let me just show you where I was just at. So on the left is a settlement and title sheet on a $2.3 million purchase, okay? These are seller's fees right here. That's seller's fees. So they paid 195, almost 500 bucks, 220. Now these are what's called junk fees, okay? And you just add up all the junk fees, right? Well, the when you add all that up, it comes to about fourteen hundred bucks. Okay, these are so. This is from a company called KVS Title in McLean. That's where I was just at settlement. KVS Title. So my sellers are going to pay one hundred and forty-four percent of what they would pay. This is Cardinal Title. This is the Sampson Properties uh, settlement title arm, if you will. Um, so here you're paying about nine, nine sixty-five and change or whatever. And here you're paying like $1,400, right? So now we're forced to go to this company. We don't have a choice. We're forced to go to that company. So, you know, you call BS on the settlement title company and you say, why is this processing fee here for $500? And, you know, all these junk fees equal $1,400, $1,500 when they should be somewhere in the mid 900. Now, 
settlement attorney gave me a bunch of two-step and high talking. The state of Virginia requires regulations and all the rest of that stuff. That's all BS. That's all a bunch of crap. This is exactly like Fargo when he wasn't going to pay for the undercoating. And he goes, well, let me see what my manager will do. Well, he's never done this before. You know, and she gets up and she's got to talk to management. Maybe there's some wiggle room. For the, this is all a bunch of BS, right? Go to your manager, wave the fee at $495 and let's get on with this. But it was a drama, right? So anyways, a lot of agents and sellers don't want to question a settlement title company on something like this, but you got to call them out. You got to say, look, we're not paying 44% over and above the standard, you know, uh, fee just because the state of Virginia is forcing us to use you. So you agents have to fight in Samson properties. You have to fight to go to Cardinal title. You can show them this example of, you know, if we got to go to somewhere else and it costs us an extra $1,500 and there's no guarantee that that settlement company is going to waive that $500, but they did, but there's no guarantee that they could. So, um, I mean, it's just doing settlement for gosh sakes. It's, it's signing documents, all right? So anyways, there's really no cause for that. But I do want to draw that to attention. This is new. We are being forced to go to a buyer settlement company, but most of our buyers and sellers are all going to Cardinal Title for this reason. So is it important who the settlement company is? Yes, it is. All right. So let's take a look at the market, all right? So the market is... You know, I always say interest rates and inventory will drive markets. This is the first two weeks of July, okay, of June, okay? So Vienna inventory, that means houses that are coming on the market, is up 21%. And you can see it's fairly consistent throughout all of Northern Virginia that definitely inventory is coming onto the market. Now, this is coming on compared to a five-year average. So I take the first two weeks of June, What's the five-year average in Vienna? And then what's 222, you know, 2022 compared to that? Well, we're up 21% over the five-year average. Fairfax County, 11% over the average. Arlington, you can see. So, so is inventory coming? Yes, inventory is coming. We're still down for the year. So Vienna is still down 16% in inventory for the year. So the market is down 16%. And you can see everybody's down, you know, 10, 11, 12, 14%. So we still have an inventory shortage for the year, but it's coming. Okay, it's coming. All right, so let's take a look at the next thing we look at. And that is what percentage of homes is under contract, right? So this is a look at April of 2020. So you can see that, you know, this is the 60% uh, percent marker. And again, Anything over 60% is a seller's market, right? So if more than 60% of the homes are under contract in that particular market, that is a seller's market. 40 to 60 is neutral, under 40%, that's a buyer's market, okay? So let's take a look at what it looks like today, all right? So today on June of 2022, you can see that some markets, a eh, little change, but some are significant change, right? Some are extremely big change. So Vienna had, you know, 75, 76, 77% of their homes were under contract at this time. Now it's about 53%. So look at Oak Hill. So if we're selling something in Oak Hill, like we were, we need to know that we went from, you know, 83% down to 53%, right? 
So you can look across some markets aren't changed that much. Um, again, let's take a look at the at the 60% line. That's the seller's market. So Arlington, McLean, Deanna, and Oakton are no longer in a seller's market. Oak Hill, no longer in a seller's market. Well, if you look up here, you know, you still have Reston, Centerville, um, comfortably in a seller's market here in Ashburn, Haymarket, just barely, Leesburg, just barely, and, and Percyville is, is still in a seller's market. So, so look at the outerlying areas are still in a seller's market when all of these areas in here are not. Now, you know, there's a major reason for that, right? So what I look at is the first, you know, 10 days, how we sell that. But, you know, you're going to have to get used to a term that is, is um, you're going to hear a little bit more of, and that is declining market. We have a declining market. 78% of the homes were under contract in January. It's worked its way down. It is currently still at 58, right? But that's down from 78. So 58% of the homes in Northern Virginia are under contract. And you can see how that's been going down, right? Now, as inventory climbs like it did in June and buyer pools decline due to higher interest rates or going to the beach or buyer fatigue or for whatever reason, we're going to start seeing the market change. No longer can you throw a house on the market and everything goes under contract, right? So, so let's take a look at that, okay? Because this is, this is probably one of the most important charts you're going to look at. And this is called the first 10 days. What percentage of homes goes under contract in the first 10 days? This is Vienna plus five miles. So, so what percentage of homes went under contract, right, during these periods, okay? So, you know, 35%, 20%, 20%. So the good homes went under contract and then you come into, um, you know, they get up to 35%, 40%. Back down in here in the really markets that are super hot, super sellers markets, 70, 80, 85% of the homes that are going on the market, gone, first 10 days. Why is that important? That's where people bid against themselves. That's where people bid way over where they should, right? So if you're a seller, you wanna sell in that first 10 days. Why? No home inspection, no appraisal contingency, high prices, high values, backup contracts. So when a home sells in its first 10 days, the seller is in control of the whole transaction. So as you can see in here, they're in control. So basically I look at this and say, it's kind of idiot proof where if you put a house on, pretty much everybody's gonna be able to sell it and get under contract. The key during these periods is getting the most money out of them. We've talked about that before. It's not just about getting everybody under contract. It's about squeezing out 50, 100, 150,000 over everybody else. That's where the real, you know, that's where we make our money. Okay. That's where we really earn our keep. Okay. So we look at this and say, well, in the last four or five months, pretty much anybody could sell a house if they put it on in the first 10 days, but look at where it is right now. So now only half of the houses are going on. Now, when I'm telling people not to panic, right? 
if a house doesn't go on in the first 10 days, it's not good, but you can't panic, right? You can't start dropping prices and getting weird and doing crazy things. You can't not sleep for a week. You can't start yelling at everybody. Everybody just remain calm. But I just want you to know that what we talk about and these three things I'm going to talk about are the basis for why our chart looks like that. So these are the numbers. This is the percentage of how many of our houses go in the first 10 days. These are hundreds. So in this month, all the homes we put on the market went under contract within 10 days. This month, I think we've had maybe seven months in these two years, seven months where all of them went under contract in that first 10 days, which is important. But as you can see, even when people are at 20%, we can still get to 80, 85%. And based on the theories and strategies, I'm gonna tell you here in a few minutes, three top strategies you have to do. So you can see this is a big difference. This is consistent. So this is strategy. This is luck. This is market luck, market luck strategy. Okay, all right. So what are the three things that we have to do, right? Um, the three, the three tools that you need in this seller's market. Okay. Number one, it's an emotional purchase for anybody. Your home needs to be in good shape. It need be, needs to be appealing. You cannot just throw it on the market and expect anybody to buy it. You just can't do it. You've got to really make sure now. And again, we have sacrificed some of the look, maybe, maybe we didn't paint the whole house because speed was of the essence. We were trying to get to this market before it blew up. Um, so, you know, what we're trying to do is only the essentials to get the house ready and get it on the market. Okay. The second thing you need to do, you need to do a predictive analysis. You need to know prior to launch, are we going to sell our house? Are we going to be the, the, the success of that chart, let me, let me just, let me just go back to this real quick. I'm going to show you something. Let me get this back up. I went back, I went back prior to, let me get through this. I went back prior to 2020, January 20, right here is where we started to, um, that's where we started to do our predictive analysis, okay? I don't know why that's going weird. We started to do our predictive analysis in January 20 because we didn't know what the market was gonna do. What is a predictive analysis? A predictive analysis is move the, the, your marketing date to coming soon day one, right? So do your coming soon be very thoughtful about where the list prices have been that people are going on having their success. Doesn't matter what they sold it for. I need to know what did they listed for, right? That's where the buyer pool was. So you, we moved our, all of our marketing to day one, right? Then you market, 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 market. Then you need to unemotionally, unemotionally <coughs> analyze the market. Let's say a seller wants to go to 950 right? And we're at 900, right? Okay. Um, well, we go to 900 and we test it and it doesn't work. We don't have enough buyers. There's only one or two buyers coming. We can see in the showing time, they're not coming. Nobody's favoring the deal. We're not getting any calls from the realtors. It's really just crickets out there at 900. So we go to 850. Well, we're going in the wrong direction, right? 
you you want 950. <clears throat> and by the way, forget about what you want. We're just trying to get the highest number we possibly can. Don't be governed by that because that will steer you in the wrong direction, right? So the buyer pool's not there for this house at 900. We moved to 850. Well, I don't want to go to 850. Well, you better go to 850 because that's where the buyer pool is. Then you get 975 on the final price. Now, we just reduced two listings from the projected number. We had to remove, we had to move both of them down 50,000 bucks. Okay. Um, both sold, both had a huge premium. I mean, we sold three houses this weekend, an average of $150,000 per house. So is the market still here? Yes. Can you still get your premiums? Yes. Do you have to be careful with the predictive analysis? Yes. <clears throat> That's the second thing. Got to prepare. Got to do your predictive analysis. You have to unemotionally. I can tell you that I really appreciate the sellers will put their faith in us and, and say, well, if you're the guy. If you say do it, I'll do it. And they do it and they make out $100,000 better off than they would have before or one hundred and fifty, or 200000 or as we're settling on Friday, $207,000. Neighbors sold, put on for 1.4, neighbors sold for 1.43. They really wanted 1.45, 1.41 doing it. It wasn't, it wasn't giving us the number. It wasn't giving us anybody coming in that house. It's a beautiful house. We had to drop it to 1.35, but we really wanted 1.45. I know, but we got to drop it to 1.35. Okay, you're the man, you said it. We got 1557, okay? $207,000 over what we listed it for. And this happens every single, I mean, every single time. I'm telling you, had we not dropped that 1.35 from 1.4, they would have sat there. They would have proved to the market they're not worth 1.4. They would have ended up in the one high 1.3s. Guarantee it. It ended up in the 1.3s. So, if you dropped it during the predictive analysis to 135, you get 1572, you get $207,000. But if you don't, you're going to lose. You're going to lose that money, right? You're going to lose 25, 30,000 bucks. So the advice that we're giving you on some stupid podcast on a Tuesday morning saves people $200,000. I can tell you it saved two people 100,000, easily $100,000 this weekend. Um, and, you know, again, if our houses are selling on average for $150,000 and we got all of them under contract, right, for an average of $150,000 premium, but this same week, only 50% of the other houses went under contract. Why? Because they went off at the higher price when they never should have. They didn't test the market during the coming soon period like they wanted to. Some people try and use that period to sell their house, right? All right, so the second tool that you need is the predictive analysis, barring none, has made, has taken us from the, you know, being better than the market. Certainly we've always been better than the market, but never this much better than the market. I mean, never, never like, are we at 85% the rest of the market's at 20%? That's never happened. But it did once the predictive analysis kicked in. So, do I care about market or what's going on with the market? No, because I have a built-in, we have, as a Casey Sampson team, we have a built-in goggles, binoculars, where we can see the market before we go on, before we go online, okay? 
that is, I can't tell you how much money that has saved our clients. $100,000 a clip, $200,000 a clip. We had one sold. I can't, I can't, I can't tell you how much this house sold over this price because it's just happened and we got to clear a few things, but holy shit. Are we still getting it? Yeah, we're still getting it. Okay. So good houses, priced right, predicted correctly. Now the next, the third thing you need to do, third thing you need to do. We would have lost. <clears throat> so you're going to go from, we've gone from 13 contracts on a house to five contracts or six contracts on a house. And in some cases, one contract on a house. One contract on a house. So again, here we go. The big argument, do we do an escalation clause or do highest and best? Let me just give you two examples. I mean, they're going to settlement now. We had, uh, we had one contract. They bid $100,000 over list price. They were the only contract, right? Those two sellers both made, one made 100, one made 105. They were the only contracts we had. And you're going to start seeing more and more. It's the only contract we have, right? So in that 10-day period, that critical 10-day period, that's when people are going to do things like bid, even though they may be only the only contract. It's not that they know they're the only contract. They're assuming there's other contracts in there. There's not. They're bidding $100,000 against themselves. That's the way the market is. So let's talk to buyers. Now, the reason why I have no problem sharing this is because our clients watch this. Nobody else watches it. It's not like people buying my listings are watching this. Usually people are using our team watches this. So if we're a buyer, yeah come in with an escalation clause, unless it, unless it totally angers the listing agent. We don't want to alienate a listing agent. If he goes under no circumstances, their escalation clause, we won't do it. We'll interrogate the agent. We'll find out if there are any other deals. We'll find this out. And, you know, we'll do everything in our power to find out how many contracts there are in there. Right. Cause that's valuable information. I mean, if people, if people knew sometimes that we had one go from 1.4 million only contract and they bid 101.55 million because we wouldn't allow them to bring in an escalation clause. That's a game of chicken. You know, it's a calculated risk. And what we try to do is mitigate the risk and increase the profit. So, you know, yes, you may be putting a contract in on a house. You may be the only contract. You may try and get away with an escalation clause unless you've got a, a listing agent that's dug in. Like the Casey Sampson team, we're dug in. You bring in an escalation clause, that's fine. I told you not to do it, but you did it, that's fine. But you're going to the back of the line. If I have five contracts, you're the fifth contract I'm gonna to talk to, right? We're gonna try and work with the agents to play by the rules. But I can tell you, 19 out of the 20 top producing agents in Vienna will accept an escalation clause because we bring a contract and go, hey, can we bring an escalation clause? Sure, it's only fair. It's fair, bring an escalation clause. I would have cost my sellers. Anyways, I don't wanna talk about it. But when you do highest and best offers, 
and somebody you only have one contract and they bid a hundred thousand over themselves. If we had an escalation clause, they couldn't have done that. We never would have got that money, right? So hundred thousand dollars changes changes things for people. That's really powerful, powerful number, right? So the three things you need to know, it's an emotional purchase. They're really the house really got to look good, right? You've really got to test that house, right? If you want to, if you want to do it. And you really need to use highest and best offers if you're a seller. Okay. Those are your three things that even though the market's going to go in flux, these are the three things you need to do. And then the highest offer you get, that's what your house is worth at this time. Now, we are in a declining market. So it's not going to be worth as much later. Right? It's not going to be worth as much down the road because now we're going to go through a little high interest rates, high inventory, suppresses prices. It's going to bring it down a little bit. Don't worry about it. You know, we're playing on the house's money right now. You guys had a, we've had a 30% appreciation in two years. I mean, give me a break, right? So you look at a house, it's 1.35. Come on, man. It was worth $1.1 million. It's worth a million dollars, you know, two years ago. And now it's worth 1.35 and they want to squeeze it. They're upset if they get 1.3, they only made 300,000 in two years. So, and what happens is by going after the bigger number, I'm gonna say this, cause I've said this for the last three years that pigs get fed and hogs get slaughtered. If you get too greedy, you're gonna go, you're going down, right? See this group right here? So half the people aren't getting their contracts. Half the people are gonna extend past that 10 days. Half the people are gonna have lower prices. Half the people are gonna have home inspections and appraisers and all the rest of that stuff they have to deal with. Pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. When we say you got to move back down $50,000, just move down $50,000. Trust me. doesn't mean we're giving it up. It just means that's where the buyer pool is. And the only way to get the highest and best price for your house is go for the buyer pool. Okay. So, you know, is the market changing? Interest rates, it's going to, it's going to get a little, it's going to get a little mucky here now. Okay. But, but markets go like this. They go like this. It is what it is. Let's keep an eye on the market. My job is to sell houses. And the three things I've just told you are the way we're going to operate no matter what. You know, my house are always going to sell. You know, most of them are going to sell in that first 10-day period. Our job, drive everyone in the house. Get the best offers we possibly can. And get the best deal we can, right? Our thing for, for buyers, there's more inventory. Get out there, take advantage of agents that overpriced houses. Then we'll come in. The sellers are all panicking. I'm telling you sellers, do not panic. My side, don't panic. Done sell first 10 days, relax. We got other things we're doing. We're going for the Mondax. We're going for the contingent contract. We're going, you know, we're going for, there's, there's different steps we'll take if we get beyond that 10 days, right? We have a contingency plan for that one or two houses that go beyond the 10 days. But relax. we're planning the house's money. Don't forget that, okay? All right, my name is Casey Sampson. I run the Casey Sampson team in Northern Virginia. If you're looking to buy or sell a house in Northern Virginia, you can give us a call. We're Fairfax County's number one agent, uh, number one team. And, um, and I have six of the most incredible agents that work with me, now seven. Billy Pickett's really starting to, to blossom. But whether it's, it's Billy or Kelly or Colby or Morgan or Pat or Pam or, or now the Billy Sampson or Billy Pickett, 
um, you know, they're absolute 100% professionals. They're doing a great job, right? How can you be the number one team in Fairfax County when the number two team has 102 agents or 114 agents or whatever it is? They got 48 support staff and 102 or 108 agents. And we've got six and we're outperforming them. So great job to that group and to Julie and to Michelle who are just busting and killing it and sharing. So thank you all very much. If you need any help in this market, give me a call 703-508-2535 or you can reach me at Casey at CaseySampson.com. If you want to know what your house is worth based on the newest comps, send me a text 703-508-2535. See you guys next week. Bye now.